listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey everybody, welcome to Chris Talks Cars. My name is Chris Gooden and I'm joined once again by my good buddy Brandon Cole. Hey guys. Uh, this week, Brandon has a pretty sweet idea. We're basically going to bench race or on paper build what he's come up with the Swiss army knife vehicle. And uh, if you want to go ahead and tell everyone a little bit what that's about, Brandon. Yeah. Um, so over the years, gosh, I've had so many cars and, you know, a lot of times I kind of buy them and build them and end up selling them pretty quick. So you're not, not exactly what I want. You know, sometimes I want to go off-roading. Sometimes I might want to do a burnout. Sometimes I might want to, do a little bit of racing or who knows what I want to do. You know, I always have a different mood, um, when I'm in a certain vehicle or whatever. So I think what I was really wanting to do was have a vehicle that can do everything. And it might not be the best at everything. You know, obviously if I have like a 6,000 pound vehicle, it's not going to be great for drag racing and it's not going to be, um, ideal for certain things but it might excel somewhere else but i just want something that i can take one vehicle and do just about anything and i can have fun no matter what and be reliable and um swiss army knife you know so Army knife can can pretty well, much more, do everything more importantly but it's not than all yeah no absolutely man um more importantly than all that though is that you're gonna want to do it on a normal budget if you had six figures obviously you could take a Trailhawk oh, yeah. Jeep and put yeah, the, you know what I mean? In, a, in an ideal world, yeah. If I wanted if I wanted to do this, I would go to a Ford dealership right now and probably buy myself after or maybe a Trailhawk from a Jeep dealership or something like that. But yeah, those are those are definitely out of my um, uh, common man budget. So uh, right. definitely going to have something probably cheap initially and, you know, modify it to suit my needs as best I can. Right. So kind of what we were doing earlier is uh, you've been on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, and I kind of went over to Car Gurus and yeah. just put in $5,000 and four-wheel drive. Those are literally the only two filters nationwide. And I got some old-school three-quarter ton Suburban with yeah. uh, 153,000 original miles. Yeah, uh, Jeep Liberty. Yeah. Those are kind of crappy. This one I <laughs> thought was interesting and kind of made me, I like wagons, especially fast wagons. There's a 1985 AMC Eagle wagon that's four wheel drive. Now that's not fast, obviously, but yeah. it got me thinking a wagon might kind of be the perfect thing for what we are trying to do here. Yeah. Possibility. Um, and I think, um, you know, my, uh, idea of Swiss Army knife build might not be somebody else's. So right, that's true. What I'm what I'm really wanting to do here is just suit my needs only. So uh, I've even talked to my wife a lot about this, and she pretty much hates everything I've thrown at it because <laughs> they're not they're not luxurious or they're not real pretty. And and uh, and that's another thing that, that I'm throwing into this budget thing here is like I don't want something that I'm scared to have fun with because you know I had before this uh, the last build I did was a 1967 Chevy C10 um, had a big block in it a uh, lot of power pretty fast ton of fun to drive but it was so nice it was a frame off restoration it was so nice oh that yeah. I was scared to have any fun with it. You know, I do a little burnout here and there and I, I, I go, go make a pass down a, 
down an empty road or something. But I, I just I didn't want to really tear it up because it was it's just it was a pristine vehicle and I don't want that again. I think that's another lesson I learned on my all my car adventures here is that I just uh, I don't really like really nice stuff because I can't really use it the way I want to. Yeah, I kind of had that moment in the golf because I couldn't afford to fix it. And it was so nice yeah. that like I was all I mean, don't get me wrong, I did my fair share of dumb stuff in it, but I was always like 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 you know when you're really broke when you're young and you swipe the debit card like, ooh, come on. <laughs> like yeah. every every time I drop the hammer or do something silly in a nice vehicle, I'm just I have that same sick pit of your stomach feeling like please don't please don't come back declined when I drop the clutch. Don't decline my burnout or whatever. Right. So yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. having a nice patina is an essential. Yeah. So like that, that vehicle. And then like almost every vehicle I've had before that, except for some of my, my diesel trucks that I've done are, they've all been just so nice that sometimes I just, I don't want to tear them up. I, I don't want to go into mud and my $50,000, um, Dodge Ram 2500 comes turbo diesel and, and, right. and tear it up. So I got, I got a freaking $700 payment on it. It's one thing to break the toy and have it sitting there. It's another thing to break something that's got a payment on it and you have to sit there and make the payment while it's exactly. broken. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all about no payments these days. Um, so yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I, uh, actually how this kind of came to be, I was watching, uh, back to what you were saying today. If, if you're a car guy, you need to get into the uh, motor trend, uh, subscription Seriously. TV, $5 a month. It's awesome. They have something for everybody right now. I'm really into off-road stuff. So I've been watching that and actually did a switch. I mean, I feel theirs is a little bit ridiculous because this is an old military vehicle. It had like chainsaw attachments and jackhammers <laughs> and back front loaders it was just a ridiculous thing but this kind of got me thinking you know i want something that'll do everything that i want to do so that's how this came to be so anyways i've got a i've got a you know, if somebody, if somebody listens to this and, and you know you're on uh, chris's uh, cartoon channel or facebook page or something you know drop us a comment maybe you got a uh, um an idea that maybe we've missed here um but he, Anyways, here's my here's my uh, kind of the rules I've laid down for what what kind of vehicle I want to start off with to to build. So, one, it's got to have four seats or more, but minimum of four seats. I got I got myself, I got my wife, I've got a two month old baby, so he probably won't be hanging out with me off road anytime soon, but eventually will be. And I got my dog, so I need at least seating for four. And a lot of times, it might be with myself, or I might have Chris with me or something, but at least seating for four is is a minimum. Right. Um, I want to be able to tow. So I have a, I have a camper. It weighs about 4,500 pounds dry. So by the time I get all my stuff in it, it probably weighs between 5,000 and 5,500 pounds. So I need to be able to tow at least 6,000 pounds to be safe, which kind of limits a lot of really good off-road vehicles in factory form, like the Wranglers and that type of stuff. So right. those will need some modification. Um, another thing is, got to be four-wheel drive and not just four-wheel drive it's got to be actually off-road capable um, not like all-wheel drive that would be your problem with the wagon all the subaru wagons they're all-wheel drive you can't lock right. them in they don't have a low range well yeah not just that like there's there are stuff out there that have like actual four-wheel drives and they're just no good like like 
the the Jeep Liberties, those Jeep Patriots, they have it, and they some of them might even have sport the trail rated badge, but um, realistically, they just they don't have enough power to spin the tires or get wheel speed or their open diffs or or um, right. Just they're just they're just not made for an out of ground clearance without heavy modification that type of stuff. So I want something that's at least capable as it sits. Um, but then obviously I might do more to make it better. Um, this probably won't be a daily driver, but I would like for it to be daily drivable, uh, right. for whatever reason, maybe, maybe my daily drivers getting something done to it. So I can drive this around, or maybe I just want to take it on a road trip, load up my camper and have it reliable enough to be able to go do stuff like that. So that's, uh, that's important. Um, plenty of power just merely for fun. Um, it does help right. with highway driving. If I'm running 37 inch tires, um, you know, I'm going to need that extra power to, to spin those tires uh, on the highway and, you know, and for off-roading, you definitely want power for, you know, some type of rock crawling and obviously for pulling the trailer type stuff too. So it definitely needs to have plenty of power. So, um, not mandatory, but a V8 is definitely a plus, um, manual transmission i swear like normally don't care about them but every time i buy an automatic i wish i had a manual especially when it's your fun vehicle like that's that's the fun yeah yeah i've always i've always believed it automatics win races automatics are in this day and age are pretty much superior but manuals are they're just plain fun so i just i just want it to be fun that's all there is to it i'm not going to win any races with this vehicle but it will be fun trying (laughs) absolutely Um, and and uh so you know this can be something that's a factory vehicle it can be something that's modified or something that needs to be modified or whatever um and initially it's got to be pretty cheap like we discussed a minute ago um and i can i can put more into it over time not a big deal but um something like i said i'm not scared to tear up because it's not gonna be terribly expensive right so yeah that's that's all the rules i've got for for this build um so basically looking for something that's going to check every box if not at least most of them um i don't necessarily want to make many uh exceptions i think the biggest exception may be main transmission because there are so many vehicles this day and age that just don't offer manuals anymore which is really unfortunate but um especially like half ton trucks like the the ones that did are typically just the the six-cylinder engine they're the base the most basic engine they offered for them so right um but there are there are some good manual options out there but it is a little bit more limited be a little bit harder to find Uh, for certain vehicles right so the first thing that comes to my mind with all this would be like we discussed a grand cherokee with the uh a late model with the hemi in it or even an older one with the the four liter straight six yeah Uh, yeah that too yeah so so the jeep grand cherokee um i I put on here on my notes here the 5.7 hemi i mean 5.7 it's pretty great engine i really like it um plenty of power it definitely would be a tow definitely be able to um you know have ability to actually be able to go relatively quick uh with with some little bit of modification to the engine even in factory form these uh the the earlier ones i think were somewhere around like 360 horsepower maybe a little bit more torque than that 
So they're, I mean, they're pretty solid performers all the way around. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, no matter what, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there for the grand Cherokee. It's been around for a long time. It's, it's, you know, kind of, it's a legend, uh, among the Jeeps, you know, it's, it's always been the, the flagship for the Jeep brand, a lot of stuff out there for it, uh, as far as modifications, suspension lifts and all that type of stuff. Definitely so I think a lot of aftermarket support. Yeah. I actually got on the marketplace last night and looked at a couple of, uh, five, seven Hemis, I think around the 2008, 2009 timeframe okay. or. Uh, maybe 2006s, those bodies aren't too bad. And I've seen some some nice ones, some basically completely bone stock factory ones. One was like 98,000 original miles. It was like a 2007 wow. maybe. And he wanted like five grand for it. The kicker was that the AC wasn't working. Of course, in the ad, he says needs a charge, but you know, it's probably got some more issues. But right. um, something you know, I've, I've fixed AC stuff before. It's not terribly hard. So it just does cost money. Um, so something like that could be a serious contender. Uh, the, the kicker is that they're not necessarily that cool. I mean, if you put a lift on them and tires, you know, they can look kind of cool and then they're definitely daily drivable. And, right. uh, but it's not really, that's true. It's almost too easy, right? It is. It is kind of easy and it's not necessarily a toy. And a lot of these ones I was looking at, though they're cheap, they're nice. Like a lot of them had the flip down TV in the rear <laughs> for yeah. the DVD system and leather and heated seats, which, hey, I'm not against any of that. But um, um, maybe, maybe not quite what I'd be looking for. But I know I'm the wife would be it. happy about leather and heated seats. Yeah. It'd be yeah, a little easier to make your case. She, she definitely would be a little bit happier. She's actually not fighting me on any of this. She's been super cool about it. Um, kind of let me do whatever I want, but, uh, you know, she, uh, she doesn't like writing in, um, certain things that aren't real comfortable. So at least it's not, uh, not if we're like going out on a date night or just going out to dinner or something. She understands if we're going out to play, we might, might have to right. ride in a little vehicle or might have to skip out on AC or something like that. Um, Anyways, uh, next thing I got here is um, just half-ton trucks in general. Um, they'd rather be Toyotas, Fords, Chevys, GMCs, um, anything like that, uh, Rams. Uh, one thing I don't like about a lot of the newer ones, so back in 1987, Chevy stopped using solid axles on pretty much everything, half-tons and three-quarter tons. Um no more solid axles. So I've had to have these, uh, those, uh, independent front suspension stuff before back when I was younger and really into some off-roading back then. And I would snap those, uh, half shafts pretty regularly. It's, it sucks because you're out there trying to have fun and you snap one and you have a truck that heavy with a big old cast iron block up front, you know, and just these four wheel drive half tons are just heavy in general. And right. Well, everything's just solid iron. Suited. Yeah, and I don't think they're quite as suited for um, really romping on them um, on a independent front suspension. So I think, though, I really would like to have some of those, like, you know, 99 and newer half-ton Chevys with the LS engines in them because, for obvious reasons, LSs are, are, are great. Um, right. But uh, I, I'm really having trouble getting past uh, independent front suspension i know the wrangler or the another uh, wrangler the grand cherokee it also has front independent front suspension as well but not quite as heavy a vehicle um maybe maybe you can make a little bit more exception there 
there. I think I'd have to rule that out. And same thing with the Ford. Half in their half tons, their three quarter tons still have them, but their half tons haven't had them since I think like some around the eighties. I mean, it's been a really long time since I've had them. So, um, right. I hate to rule those out. Um, like the Fords, uh, especially if it's got a, um, you know, any preferable engine like 351 Windsor or something in it. Right. Uh, even the five, uh, the, the 300 straight six, but it's the same thing. Uh, it's kind of hard to, um, get past that. So, and, and then the Rams, I think the last year you could get a solid axle was, uh, 2002, um, or it might've been 2001. Anyways, um, I think it was 2001. Uh, God, it's one of those years. Anyways. Um, so right. you can get it. You still get Dana 44s, uh, front and rear on those. And, you know, that's, that's actually a really great choice. Remember that 2001, um, Ram I had, I had a uh, solid axles all around and, um, you know, it, it ran those, uh, 35 inch tires and I didn't do anything hardcore with it, but I definitely did quite a bit of off-roading on that and, uh, it did, it did exceptionally well. So, um, if I was going to go half ton, I probably would lean more towards one of those solid axle vehicles. I may have to go back to the eighties to look at Chevys and even earlier than that to look at Fords, but a uh, Chevy or, or the, the Ram, I think would be solid. Plus it's got the, uh, the, the, uh, 5.2 and 5.9 Magnum options. Um, unfortunate side of that was, they never made their way into a sports car because back in the day, um, Dodge Chrysler didn't really have a sports car except for the Viper. Right. And um, so it never really got a lot of support. Um, and so I think this engine gets overlooked a lot. It's actually a really great engine, especially for towing, off-roading type stuff because it does make really good low-end torque and even more so in the, the 5.9 over the 5.2, but either one of them is a really good option. Um, there is uh, some good tuners out there that have mastered that engine. Uh, Flying Rock Performance has some good tunes out there and done some really good builds for the uh, the 5.2s and the 5.9 Magnum engines. And um, I like what he's done there. I think there's a lot of good stuff. It's just a really strong, good overall engine. Um, That's what they had in all a, the RTs back then, right? The Dakota yeah, RT, Dakota, Durango RT. Yep, Dakota. The Dakota RT had a 5.9 liter Magnum engine in it. So it, it wasn't anything different from all the other stuff, but it was just basically a 5.9 in, in a lightweight truck. So it was actually a pretty fun deal. I've actually uh, I've got Dakotas on this list too. We'll go over that in a little bit too. But um, yeah, yeah, they're, uh, I think those are good options though. I mean, I'm definitely not going to rule those out. I think those are probably pretty high on the list the only thing is i've kind of been there done that on that one <laughs> right so except, except i had a single cab so i would and i've actually had uh for that body style which which came uh, 1994 to 2002 uh 2001 something like that um the uh i've had three of those body styles already and i actually really mm. like them honest they're piece of crap compared to the Fords and the Chevys <laughs> as far as the, the rest of the truck road goes, especially the transmission. But I mean, they're still, they're still good. They're just, I think, uh, um, 
I think the Ford and Chevy is probably a better truck overall, but you use the solid axles and you still get a good engine. Of course, you got to right. deal with their garbage transmissions. It's less you get the manual. It does come with the NV3500 transmission. Um, those are pretty solid. Not 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 super strong, but they're they're pretty good. And uh, I All think that they, stuff can be, be fixed, though, modified afterwards. Sure. Yeah, I actually have uh, here in uh, I live in, I live in Sanger, Texas. We have a a, a really great uh, performance uh, transmission shop down the road. Um, Jake's Performance. If you're in the area and you need an awesome transmission, check them out. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely can be built. Actually, that was something I was actually researching last night. You know what what those. Uh, transmissions are rated at i don't think they even offered them on the five nine because they weren't rated high enough for that could be wrong don't quote me on that but i'm fairly confident that's correct um so you can only get the manual on the 5.2 i believe so gotcha well anything um, that old we're gonna probably swap at least some part of it anyway or rebuild it or for sure you know yeah. what i mean and there's a lot of different there's a lot of just like direct bolt in type stuff that doesn't take a whole lot of work either way. So it wouldn't be a big deal to do some swapping around stuff like that kind of Lego type stuff. But um, moving on, this is, this is probably really high on my watch list. The Bronco. Um, like the seventies Bronco or OJ Bronco. Okay. OJ Bronco. I, I, so the so if you go if you go back there to those sixties and seventies, um, you're gonna find two types: those pristine ones that are super expensive, and the ragged out piles of crap, rusted to hell stuff that I really don't want to get into. I don't I don't want to get into body work. Well, I don't that's, I don't blame one. you. I was just trying to clarify. Yeah, yeah, like Icon Motorsports and all those guys, the ones that aren't absolute rusted out beyond repair, they bought because they're doing frame off restorations and charging, you know, six figures for them. Yeah, I mean that'd be that'd be super dope, but you know. Yeah. Uh, I actually really 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 like the the uh, later 90s, like I think it's 96 to like 90 or 90 five to 97 i think is the play styles i really like the older ones are actually pretty cool too early 90s late 80s those aren't too bad they're kind of more boxy um a lot of people probably would consider more ugly and i think that's why they're a bit cheaper but i found some really good deals on what you're calling the oj body style um so another thing i really like them is the um they have great engine options so you got three engine options with them you got the the 4.9 300 inline six, which awesome engine for low end torque. But I think if you were to run really tires, 35 inches or, or bigger, um, you would really need to do a lot of gearing because though it's a great engine, it does make good low end torque, be a good for maybe towing around town and doing off-road stuff. I think on the highway, it wouldn't be quite as good. And then, uh, especially for towing, like at 70 mile an hour, I think it would, it would, uh, kind of fall on its ass. So, right. Think Which is almost look- a requirement in Texas. Cause the, st- the speed limits are like <laughs> 85. So I was getting yeah. blown off the road by like freeway trucks. I was like, you're right. doing 80 miles an hour. This is insane. 
yeah i drive i drive low for the most part and i get past a lot it's pretty crazy around here i'll be i'll be going 75 mile an hour and i'm just getting past like i'm standing still and i'm like grief but yeah yeah, that's the way it is around here in texas everybody drives real fast and some of our speed limits are legitimately 85 miles an hour which i don't oh yeah no that wasn't a joke no (laughs) up in uh wyoming montana they have some pretty high ones like 85 but texas is the only other place Right. Yeah. Um, it at least. Yeah. No. They're they're around. They're not. They're not a whole bunch of them, but it's definitely around eighty five miles an hour. Um, back to that that Bronco. Um, so the three hundred. Then you have the uh, the uh, the five zero. You know, everybody knows the five zero. It's probably of course. probably one of those popular engines next to like the uh, the small block Chevys and LSs and type stuff. Uh, for obvious reasons, man, like you know, they they can make good power. They came in almost everything Ford made. So there's millions of them out there. Super easy to find parts. Super cheap to find parts. Easy to replace. Not terribly heavy. It's got a lot going for it. Um, if you have the five O, it it did have a um, a manual transmission option. Um, the third engine option was the 351 Windsor, which also really like and probably be aiming for one of those downsides. They did not offer manual transmission on those, so I'd be stuck with an automatic, um, which is not too bad. Did come with an overdrive still, so I could really run some uh, pretty low gears in there if I wanted to to make a big tire um, uh, ratio differences and. Um, uh, so yeah, I think uh, solid front if I axle. To, no, front axle. It's got this like uh, interesting axle. So I'm actually not super educated on that type of front axle. I think it's kind of unique to the Bronco, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if they came on that year F150, but they they are a little different from my readings. They are really good off road. They they perform well. They flex well. Um, in a lot of cases are, you know, I perform a lot of Jeeps uh, in factory form. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, if those are, they're really good performers, um, all around, you know, you got, you got a good engine you can, you can make whatever you want. And I think one of the real bakers for me is the fact that it's got the removable top, uh, which just adds to the fun factor of it being able to take that off and it's like a half convertible so that right above the driver's seat passenger seat is covered but then everything right. back behind it empty another cool factor is that you know say this did become a daily driver and i got rid of my f-250 or something um you could when if you take the back seats off and you take that top off you basically have a truck bed now right and so if you need to haul something i could or put whatever back there i needed so um, a lot of cool uh, versatility with that. It's <laughs> it kind of really suits the uh, the Swiss Army knife. Um, yeah, brand or kind and you of don't here, see so. a ton of them, so that bumps up the cool factor yeah. at least for me. For sure. Yeah, I know that, that's uh, that's something cool. I mean, it's not cool if you see something everywhere. So um, definitely that adds to it if you ask me. And I think I think another cool thing about this. Um, along with a couple other vehicles I have on here is this vehicle pretty much isn't going to ever go down in value. They've already kind of hit their bottom and they're becoming classics, you know, hitting that 25 year old mark. And um, they're actually starting to slowly go up in value. So if I ever mm. decided that 
I want to get rid of this. Um, I either can like get my money back or, Hey, you never know. I might make money. I've definitely made money on other builds before. Um, so picking the right vehicle, um, you can definitely, I mean, you don't get your modification back, but right. sometimes, you do, but typically you don't. Um, but, uh, definitely, uh, a way to uh, not lose your ass uh, financially anyways, um, on, on a project like this which uh kind of leads me into the next thing um obviously wrangler is going on this list um, right because it because it is just they're popular they're they're cool they got a lot going for them they're convertibles they come with manual transmissions they're not terribly horrible on fuel economy which is actually something i meant to leave actually i didn't leave that off there i didn't want to add fuel economy to my to my list because i don't want to worry about that when i'm having fun exactly um, um so uh but but it, they're they're not they're not terribly bad either way uh, especially if you get the manual transmission. I think you can maybe squeeze close to 20 out of most stock tires. But beside the point, um, the, the downside is they will not tow 6,000 pounds. Um, I looked them up. With a factory engine. Them, correct. Well, the end well, isn't what does it, though. Brakes so, and I mean, bearings and rear ends. Yeah, and I think a lot of them are rated. I think if you get, like, top-tier stuff, I mean, it, 3,500 pounds. Oh, and really? that's what, that's probably with like a Rubicon with like a 410 axle and like up brakes and everything. So I would say that this would only be an option, which is still a strong option for me because I'll be honest, I really want one. Right. And um, I think I mentioned that in the last episode as well. Um, so definitely going to need um airbag for the rear because it's gonna look like i'm doing wheelies going down the road pulling you know a five thousand pound camper and especially these, yeah. these jeeps they're only i think a little over three thousand pounds uh, from the factory it might be a little more than that with, with the uh, the six cylinder um but they're uh they're lightweight so putting something heavy behind it is kind of awkward so need airbags kind of to keep it level um that way you don't lose too much steering definitely gonna need some brake upgrades i can imagine trying to go down a hill and that thing right in the brakes you're gonna, you're oh, gonna yeah. lose braking for sure and you'll definitely want a, a manual transmission probably just to help with engine braking type stuff yep uh, um, definitely need tires. I mean, because most of the factory ones suck. But I mean, these days, I don't think anything still has factory tires. Because I'm, I'm looking at TJ, so that's a 1997 oh, yeah, to no. 2006 or 2007. Um, so uh, tires, um, airbags, brake upgrade, and then obviously the um, engine swaps. <laughs> There are really so, endless options for this. There's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of good support for them. Um, I think the obvious route would be an LS. Yeah, uh, that's uh, probably the most factor-supported one aftermarket. Yeah. Um, being the diesel guy, I would love to say like a 4BT in it. But right. what killed me is that, that I think that engine is something like 300 pounds heavier than the LS. It might be more like 400 pounds heavier. It, it's it's ridiculously heavy. Crazy. Yeah. So I mean, you would not only after after putting that in there, you'd have to upgrade like heavy duty suspension and and uh, just 
just to support the engine. I mean, then you're adding that and you're having, you got bigger tires and all that. I mean, you may even have to upgrade the axle. I think they, I think those TJs had something like a, a Dana 44 in the rear and don't quote me on this. Whoever's listening, but I think they had like a Dana 30 in the front. So I mean, you're talking about putting a lot of weight on a pretty basic front axle. So it would take pretty heavy modification to, to do that. So I would, I would probably go with something like the LS, um, even taking it further. So the, the obvious thing would be 4.5.3. Um, I really like the idea of an all aluminum engine, which those didn't, it didn't come in aluminum, which are uh, five, the uh, five threes and four are all iron blocks to my knowledge so um i'll be looking at something maybe aluminum uh it'd probably be out of price range so we'd probably stick with a, a four eight or a five three but either way right. I think those are a hundred pounds or so lighter than the uh, the, the factory 4.0 and they're not much heavier than, than the four cylinder that those came in as well right because the cast iron block iron head straight six bulletproof just not very economic right yeah super heavy for for what it is right um so strong option but you know it's it's, it's gonna need a lot of work and um, i'm up for the task if that's kind of the route i go of course i definitely have to get that thing probably pretty cheap to uh you yeah know, to, to be, if i found one i wouldn't mind finding one that doesn't even run just get real cheap and going ahead with the swap or or uh that's probably like your that. best option price wise because you're gonna gut it really anyway so to find because if you buy one that runs and drives you're paying for something that you don't even need because you're just going to yeah. swap out everything anyway right yeah yes for sure so um uh yeah a lot of work there but um yeah i think if i if i got something already wasn't running cheap or just had an engine pulled out of it already i mean uh, just make it even easier and cheaper <laughs> but uh um they did they came with actually quite a few transmission options and uh the one the manual transmissions that came in the uh the, with the uh, six-cylinder engine uh i think are rated uh, conservatively around 300 pound feet of torque so i, I think a, a 4.8 would be a great uh, deal for that with leaving the factory uh, transmission and then uh yeah, I think it even handled the the five point three pretty easily, even with maybe like a, a small cam or minor modifications. Like, there you so go. That'd make it a little easier if I went around like that. Plus, I want a manual, anyways. Um, right. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about the Jeep, especially the Wranglers, is they've been there's so much aftermarket support. There, there's yeah. kits where you can literally they send you the brackets to put an LS in it. Like it's oh it's yeah yeah so effortless that. now. It, there's there's a kit for just about any engine you want to put in there and i mean the purists that want to stay with the you know the brand so they would maybe want to put the hemi in there or, or the magnum because it's a chrysler product um there's right. kits for that, and the guys like us they don't really care about that crap uh we can put our um you know our chevy in there we, shoot i'll put a ford engine in there. i don't care put a coyote in there man that'll really I yeah, mean, I would, Wranglers I would, are pretty much everywhere, but I doubt there's many yeah. Wranglers with Coyotes. If money was no issue, I would say a Coyote would probably be pretty high on my list for sure. Um, I like that engine. Um, or, you know, that, that Voodoo <laughs> engine you like a lot. Of the oh, yeah. Too. That would be um, horrible for rock crawling, though. 
But it, uh, sound awesome in the, yeah, it's like eight north of eight thousand. It sound great yeah. in the mud, but uh right. upper rocks I don't know how well it'd do. You know, now that you mention it, that, that would probably go hand in hand with the uh, the coyote. You know, they're not necessarily great uh, low end torque type things, but they are in the F one fifties and they do they do pretty well in that. So I think it's still suited. But I think there's probably better engine options out there. I just I just kind of like the coyotes just because they're they're pretty tough and I don't think anybody's done that yet. But definitely Four not power gonna be man. Option. Yeah, it's not gonna be an option for me. But then hurt the dream a little bit. Right. Um, anyways uh what do you think man what else we got well i don't know the the rock crawling aspect of it really narrows down what you can do like yeah if you just wanted something to pull the trailer and like put swampers on and like go on trails there's i mean really any full-size suv is basically a half-ton truck yeah and i mean keep in mind i'm talking about like going to the moab and conquering the toughest stuff they got there and um just something that's capable of doing um some moderate stuff you know i'm not i don't want to get left behind if i'm uh, just hanging out with friends because i didn't bring enough vehicle you know right yeah that's the worst <laughs> right um you know k5 blazer um probably is there a premium on those i feel like anything that's got nostalgia linked to it like the 70s broncos are like that because you know they're very desirable so are the k5s all bought up or clapped out so they're real tough same with the the the, uh the the 1500 trucks from that era they're just they're tough they're solid (laughs) sorry solid axle and um uh up to like 87 i think they actually switched the name to like a blazer after that it basically looked like a tahoe or whatever um right but kind of in concept but uh the uh the k5 um they get the youth sawed axles with it you get the youth small box chevy with it and um you know they're just pretty tough so yeah they, they're kind of ragged out but they uh you know, it doesn't take much to get a, a small box Chevy back up and rolling. It's a right. real basic carrier and a 350 or a, or a, a 400 uh, transmission. Um, what did they in have in those SS Tahoes? Sorry to cut you off. I just thought about that. You remember uh, those? You mean the SS Trailblazer? No, there's like a Tahoe or a Suburban. I remember it was what full deal? size. Oh man, it'd have to be in the 90s. I don't remember. Here, let me look it up real quick. Not, not familiar with an SS variant. I know they made an SS uh, like Silverado in the early 90s, and then they made some in like the 2005, 6, 7 era with the, I think, an L76 6.0 um, engine. And then you got the 454 in the early 90s Silverado. And I know you got the, uh, the 6.0 in the uh, Trailblazer SS as well, but not familiar with a man i'm i know i know what i'm uh, thinking about but when i google it obviously the the ss trailblazer comes up which is a great looking suv yeah but not cool. the one i'm thinking of yeah i think you i think that came with the the 6.0 as well hold on i think i found it Nope, didn't find it. Damn it. I'll look it up and find it, I'm sure, as soon as maybe, we get off. Maybe it was a custom build. 
No, I've seen a few of them around. It was a big Chevy full size. It looked like the Bronco. Huh. Man, this is going to drive me crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, let's see. Yeah, anyways, those K5s, uh, you know, they got a lot going for them. Uh, right. You know, I don't think he's part of those anymore, but uh, I think they kind of go and see with the Bronco. I think the difference is you get a solid front axle and you get a little bit bigger engine, except for, well, not necessarily, because it's just 351 versus a 350, so it's actually slightly smaller, but not that that makes any difference. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I probably, probably stay away from those. I mean, most of them I've seen are, like you said, they're pretty ragged out. They're in my price range, so, which I'm not scared of something ragged out, but, again, I'm not really interested in too much body work. I don't care if the paint stays or anything, but, I'm not looking to patch a bunch of rust or pull a bunch of dents out and all that stuff. Yeah, which is a pretty big deal being in the south where you're at. There's a lot more moisture. It's almost hard to find a car with rust. Yeah, in, in yeah. Vegas. It's not, it's not, oh, for sure, yeah. We don't have a lot of rust down here, but I have come across a bunch of Jeeves. I think they've kind of gotten imported down here from the north, and they got some rust on them, or unless you're down by, you know, Christie, you know, Galveston, all that, yeah. yeah. Definitely some rest down there, being by the ocean. Yeah. Um, so I think you mentioned earlier the was it the Toyota for Forerunner? Oh yeah, there's uh, it was like twenty five hundred bucks, three thousand bucks for. Uh, it had had like two two hundred twenty five thousand miles, which doesn't matter because you're either gonna at that point it's so cheap you're either gonna swap something out or rebuild that engine yeah. or could go really fun and throw a 2j in it but that goes against the budgetary <laughs> restrictions yeah well I, mean, I could i could probably swing the budget with a 1j there you go i guess you don't need a thousand horsepower you have oh. pretty sure 1j's probably get pretty close to that if you really yeah to. i mean i i really um, don't know so it's funny um when I met my wife, she actually had a, a Toyota 4Runner. I think it was a 2004, 2006, something like that. Um, it was two-wheel drive, but it did have uh, a rear locker. had a button for it. It was kind of cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, and Kylie, we sold that thing with, geez, I think it had like 200,000 miles on it. It ran really, really well and still got like... It, this was a loaded out option except for four-wheel drive so it was, it, was, it was really nice leather and everything we probably sold this about four four years ago um okay. so in time, but i think we still got like seven grand for that wow. vehicle or six, six to seven thousand dollars something like that for two-wheel drive and it did have one of the good engines in i think it was like the the v6 so i think I, when I listed it and people blew up my phone i, I knew i made a mistake listing it too low <laughs> right but uh i think we still got i think i probably could have held out and i think got seven for it but i think i ended up getting something like six or six five for it so i think we, uh, we we're just a little bit short for a new car that she wanted <laughs> Yeah, my brother-in-law had a Tacoma, and same thing. He he bought it and sold it years later for about what he paid for it. Yeah. Like, they just hold their value so well. Definitely a following for those. Gosh, those new ones, they're they're really good looking, especially those TRD Pros. Have you seen? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Toyota, they're, are they're hitting on all cylinders these days. Like, they have a 300-horsepower Corolla or Camry. 300-horsepower Camry, bro. That's ridiculous. Their, their, uh, their Tundra, the, the big truck they offer, I think the the base engine, the, the, the basic V8 they offer is like 400 horsepower. Like, I don't think you can really? get less than <laughs> V8s. Yeah. You know, you got a lot of different engine options for all these American ones. They got the little V6, little V8, little V8. I think the, oh, there, I was reading something about their, their base, uh, um, power out of them. It's like something like 400 horsepower, which is crazy. Yeah. I'm looking at, here we go. Tundra. You get a base mile per gallon of 13, so have fun with that. You know what? That's um, better than my F-250. That's it. That's true. Uh, let's see here. Specs, that's probably what I want. Uh, da -da. Why won't it give me the freaking engine? I'm reading 400 here. I think they have a 340 horsepower option, and there's a 400, I think, is the basic VA or well, I guess it goes three eighty one to four hundred. So okay with the five point seven. Which is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. What yeah, a time to be alive. It's uh not bad. You know, I think there's you know obviously higher output options, but uh anyways, I think we got off topic there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh no, they, no, yeah, like I said, I think Toyota's got a lot going for it. And even these these older ones, they're just so reliable. And the legendary, what is it, the SR22, something like that? Oh, that's a Nissan, isn't it? SR20? No, I, I'm taking the wrong engine. Toyota had something. It's a little, little four-cylinder. Um, okay. Anyways, I'm whatever. I'm with that, yeah. I, I'm just drawing a blank right now. Um, whatever it was... Um, it's my, my buddy has one in his old Toyota, like old eighties pickup truck, got a flatbed on it, the old two cylinder or four cylinder engine. Um, super reliable and lasts forever. I think, uh, what's that car show we like? Um, uh, which one grand tour uh, top, top, gear? Top, top gear. Um, he, uh, they did one on that. They, they just like tried everything they could. to destroy. Oh the yeah. Truck. They dropped a building on been, it. Yeah, that might have been the diesel variant of it, but it's kind of the same concept. There's tough as nails. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think Toyota's got a lot going for it. I watch, watch a lot of these off-road uh, uh, shows on uh, um, uh, Motor Trend TV, and a lot of these guys are running those, and they're, they're really they're solid, man. You know, they, they're, they're, not, they're the ones that don't break down. They just keep going. You know, they might not be the absolute best off-roader. Normally, they are pretty pretty competitive though but the engines they just they keep trucking which is yeah that, that's that's a pretty big uh it's a pretty big plus right there it's one of the few brand names that you pay for that it's actually worth it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's uh, worth paying I, I the premium a little bit American, sometimes it gets out of American hand muscle american muscle type guy i kind of hate saying that but it's definitely true man <laughs> yeah i mean it's especially tough being a, a classic Ford fan because we didn't have anything for a long time. Like we had the five Oh and that was awesome, but they're not saying coyote swapped the world yet, but that kind of yeah. brings up something else we've been talking about. They might be saying 7.3 liter Godzilla swapped the world. You know, look at the dimensions on that. 
It's smaller than the uh, the five. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's it's not as wide, and I might might not. I don't think it's as tall either, because those those cylinder heads are just so huge on the overhead uh, cam engines. It just adds a lot to it. So I mean, you can really work that. It's it's like an LS. You just you fit it just about anything. Um, So yeah, I think I think that's going to be something really cool. um, You know, when when people start uh, dropping those engines, I don't think you can actually get it in a crate engine yet. So probably not going to see a whole lot of it right now. But right, um, reading you can get like I think you might be able to get some remanufactured ones for because I think they actually had some recalls on on the the seven three. They're trying to keep hush hush for a while, um, but. Um, there's definitely some recalls. Um, I don't know the specifics of it. I didn't worry too much about it. I was trying to just stay optimistic about the engine because it sounded really cool. Right. But well, right um, now it's only in the F250, right? Well, it's in F250 on up. Yeah. 350, right. 50, 550. Um, it, it completely entirely replaced the 6.8 liter V10. Right, which would be another unique build option if you had yeah. a lot of a lot of hood room. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind just having a factory V10 engine. I had a uh, I had a 2001 Ram 2500 with the NV 4500 manual transmission. It had the eight liter V10 in it, and it was so fun to drive. Um, it towed extremely well. Um, I know a lot of the diesel guys. You know, don't like to admit that, but this thing really, really towed extremely well, especially with the the manual transmission. I did have an upgraded clutch, so um, I will will, uh, give that a little bit of credit. But um, just the whole setup in general, um, even with 355 gears and 33 inch tires, it just it, it, it would it would burn out all of first gear, all of second gear half of third gear and i can <laughs> fourth gear is a window rate you go look at the torque curve out under that so it, it the from the factory is 310 ish horsepower and around 450 ish um torque uh, that, that's just at the engine but the the from from like basically like basically idle all the way across the rpm it never drops below 300 pound feet of torque i don't even think it drops below like 350 so it just carries torque so no matter where you shift and where you are you have just tons of torque right there ready to go no spooling nothing it's just ready on hand right. and so yeah it'll, it'll roast the tires no matter what you're doing so it was a lot it was a lot of fun to drive um that truck actually had i sold that like two years ago or something I mean, it only had like 78,000 original miles on or something like that and uh i kind of regret some of that one it was was just a lot of fun you did get 11.6 miles per gallon average so that's that's rough i mean that was probably the only thing i didn't like about it i uh i sent you a picture earlier on uh, instagram there's on 1320 video they have a picture of a guy that's putting that viper v10 in uh, a datsun pickup which they should just like make him sign life insurance paperwork right there. Like that's yeah. ridiculous. That's that's a wild ride, I would imagine. That's, those things make really, really excellent torque. Even even more than the the uh, the Dodge or the the truck V10. I don't know if it's as instant though. I can't say I've never driven one, but um, yeah. I would I would imagine it's probably pretty similar. I believe uh, Lamborghini had a 
a a hand in, in designing that that Viper engine. <laughs> that makes sense. They're uh they're big fans of the V10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh be it a sounds ride. great. I love oh my gosh, the the you know, merging of Audi and Lamborghini is probably the my favorite thing that's ever happened because now you have the Huracan and the R8, which are basically the same car, same okay. engine, okay. same running gear. All the drivetrain is designed by Audi and all the exteriors designed by Lamborghini. Can you think of a better combination? That's uh it's pretty tough to beat, man. Yeah, I mean two point nine second zero to sixty in the R eight. And the Huracan, like, that's crazy. I will raise you the Tesla. Well, yeah, but that's, you're, <laughs> you're playing with different rules at that point. I know. I hate, I hate saying that too, but gosh, they're fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, ha- I've had a lot of people ask me, cause before I quit my job, I was looking at getting something fast and like, well, what about a Tesla? And I, I'm not knocking Tesla. I think they're obviously the future and there's something to be said about the performance, but I'm going to have the rest of my life and my, you know, to drive electric cars, who knows how much longer we're going to have three pedal tire burning freedom anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I think we, I think we definitely got some pretty good time left. Uh, I'll definitely have gray hair before I think they phase out. Uh, gas burners, oil burners, and all that. But um, yeah, before they're gone completely. But I mean, really, once once this self driving stuff takes over, it's I don't know how they'll work it because you can't tell people you're not allowed to drive unless you have a self driving car because that puts like a price point on transportation. But if I'm driving in my Tesla and some doofus is ripping in and out of traffic because you know he's doing what he's doing and I get in a wreck or whatever. He hits me. Well, whose fault is it? You know what I mean? It's going to make his insurance way higher. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I don't really know where I I was going with that. I think since the, uh, the, the electric vehicles kind of became a thing, um, in uh started getting more popular which they're still not real popular they're just kind of getting there i think a lot of gasoline engines have really stepped it up um to to in my opinion you know especially you know ford launching their EcoBoost line um well they the, have to man uh, they know, saw you, the future and it scared the shit out of them <laughs> probably i mean i think they are working on their own electric vehicles but uh you know the the you can you basically you can go get a like a high output uh 3.5 eco boost and you get 510 pound 510 pound feet of torque 450 horsepower right from the factory and that's freaking awesome yeah it's definitely yeah. a good time to be a car guy like in in the day and age of all the EPA restrictions and stuff the fact there's like a genuine full-blown horsepower war like you go get an 800 horsepower car with four seats and a warranty and bluetooth like that's crazy yeah no i mean look where we were 10 15 years ago especially in the diesel world so like yeah early 2000s you know it was a big deal that these these uh, diesel trucks were you know over 200 horsepower hour and in peaking 500 pound feet of torque nowadays it's it's just everybody's got a thousand pound feet of torque 
<laughs> yeah, with <laughs> with a tune. That's it. No, no, with no tune. They're factory. Who's who's rated a thousand foot pounds of torque right now? Everybody. The the power the six seven power stroke the six seven Cummins. Now, granted, it is the high output six seven Cummins, and then I think even the Duramax is is a uh, either knocking on the door for thousand or they're, they're they might be there as well. Wow. Look at me. I thought they were all around 859 still. Yeah, so if you like the 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 uh, Cummins I had, they're 2014. I think yours is 15, right? Yep. Yeah, so 800, those are- 800 foot pounds cuz I have the yeah. the crappy transmission. Yeah, so they're either 800, 850 area and I think shortly after that maybe around 2016 or 17 or something, I think the uh, high outputs got bumped up to around 900 and then the 950 and now they're around a thousand that's crazy yeah it's pretty nuts i mean it's it's a lot of power um but what's stupid is it doesn't feel like it so i mean you know how it is so like when when the first time you got into your 800 pound feet of torque truck um were you expecting to smash the throttle and just roast the tires because i was if there was no trash traction control or any computer I mean, I'm sure you would. Yeah, well, that's what I'm I feel like at, it's but... all dumbed down. Oh, it is. It's it, there's so much torque management everywhere um, in, in in the in the engine and the transmission, traction control, everything um, that you know you really don't even get to use it. So realistically, there's no point, and they've they've taken away all manual transmission. So as of 2000, I believe 18 was the last time you, last year you get a manual transmission and it was offered in a Dodge. I think Ford stopped offering manuals at 2010 for their, for their uh, three quarter tons and up. Um, uh, and I don't know, Chevy may have stopped it even sooner than that. Um, but you know, those are, those are, those are the tire roasters. Those are, those are the engines where you could actually grant you turn off the traction control you can just right. dump the clutch and roast the tires and actually have something that where you can actually feel like you have 800 pound feet of torque. Um, but yeah, so these days it does, it almost doesn't even make sense to have that much torque. Cause you can't, you can't really honestly use it. Maybe yeah. going up a hill when we're pulling a trailer and, you know, kind of digging down deep in the lower RPMs or whatever, trying to just, chug up a hill he might he might really come in handy there but otherwise yeah i don't think it didn't seem like i think it's more of a uh, just a horsepower award bragging rights type thing among the brands right yeah. yeah well my friend that's been an hour i know you were worried about us not being able to fill yeah. 30 minutes but here we are <laughs> Well, it's funny. Uh, we kind of got off topic, but I actually have shoot a handful more to go over with here. Yeah, that's cool. I think we get the point of the build, though. No, and we can do it. We can talk more about it later. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to keep these around an hour because we'll just sit here. We could talk for a couple hours a week, but I know the yeah. millions of people listening don't want to hear that. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I think we'll cut it off here for now. Uh, follow Brandon on Instagram. He's Brandon Cole sixty seven. Um, drop him a line. I'm sure he'd love to hear any suggestions you guys have of stuff we haven't thought about or ways to do what we talked about better. Um, yeah, follow me on Instagram. I'm at cartoon underscore channel. The podcast is available iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, I post it on the YouTube channel, which is just cartoon on YouTube. Um, 
it's in the Apple iTunes store. So you can, you can find it pretty much anywhere. Um, next week, uh, we'll probably talk to Brandon, maybe some more, but Manny, who is my business partner, he's in California right now working on a trailer that they, I don't even know where they got it, but they're reinforcing it and building it into a motorcycle trailer. So we'll have pictures and videos of that up in the next couple of weeks, but, uh, that's all for now. I'll see you guys later. Thanks.